You know, if I'm being truthful, I can make this statement uh, 100%. Not all my life has been good, but all my life, God, has been good. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Thanks, brother. He said my sweater's good, too. I'll take it. Uh, no, I'm, I'm really excited to, to just be in God's house with you today and, and just to be in God's presence with, with the Lord's people. Uh, we've got just a, a great day planned in the Lord and some great things coming up. This morning is part three of our message series, Life, Money, Hope. And I want to share that in just a minute. But first, I want to welcome some folks. Would you all join me in helping welcome everybody that's watching online and our Vernon Church family. We love you guys and God bless you all for being with us. And... Uh, I also just want to take a moment to welcome any guests that we have. If you're here, I want to ask you, if you would, to take a moment to fill out a connection card. They're up there on the screen, or they look like this. They're located in the seat pockets nearby, and I'd be grateful if you just put down your information, and uh, we would love to connect with you this week. And you can take those after service if you want to. Uh, back in our fellowship hall is our information table, and our First Impressions team would just love to give you a gift to say thank you for joining us this morning. You can also utilize your connection cards for prayer requests. Our prayer team is so faithful to pray over these all week, and we gather together at 9 a.m. every Saturday and pray over the needs that are submitted as well. So if you've got a prayer request, uh, you can just place that in the offering box as you're leaving after you fill out your connection card. And talking about offering, we've got three ways that you can give here at Lakeview. You can give online at lakeviewpeople.com slash give. You can use the text to give number on the screen or on the website. And then we've also got offering envelopes uh, located for your convenience just in the seat pockets nearby. We don't pass a plate here. Just after service, there's offering boxes by the door for your convenience. And I'm really grateful to you, church. It's because of your generosity we can do so many generous things. And uh, let me tell you a couple of exciting things that are on the horizon. Actually, this weekend uh, coming up is our Freedom Conference. And as your pastor, your friend, whatever you count me as... I want to ask you and challenge you, move your schedule around if you need to, but if at all possible, join us this Friday night and then uh, quite a bit of the day Saturday. It's an investment of your time, but it'll be a life-changing time. It's Friday night from 7 o'clock to 9. Saturday we get started at 9 a.m. It goes to about 3 in the afternoon, but we feed you lunch, we feed you breakfast on Saturday, and uh, we're going to just believe God to help bring us freedom uh, if you've faced freedom, uh, need freedom for, for feelings of rejection or shame, any guilt or pain, how many believe that he who the sun sets free is free indeed? And I've seen the power of Jesus do this so many times when we gather together. So you're invited. It's completely free. But I would ask you, if you'll go online today, go on soon and register at lakeviewpeople.com slash freedom. We just want to make sure we've got enough food and everything ready for you. And I'd love if everybody here could be here uh, this weekend. So uh, make plans to join us. And then coming up, if my sweater didn't give it away, I'm excited about Christmas time. Haven't the ladies done a great job already decorating the church? It's looking a little bit like Christmas already. And uh, on December the 11th is our Christmas sweater Sunday. And uh, to celebrate that or to get you guilted into wearing a sweater, there's mine and Pastor Mark's beautiful faces uh, wearing our Christmas sweaters from a few years ago. And uh, I, I just want to challenge you if you'll participate in this. It's in two Sundays from now. And we're going to have three categories. There's best, 
uh, funniest and most creative, and the winner of each of those categories will receive a $100 gift card uh, just for yourselves, but also the church is going to donate $500 in your name to a local charity. Just because of your generosity, we can do things like this. So this is December the 11th. We'll have photo booths up and fun things, and the kids are going to be leading us in worship that day. If you didn't already have reason to be here Check out December 11th, invite somebody. On the 18th, this is all in your worship guide, uh, is our Christmas variety show. You're not going to want to miss that uh, production, and it'll be a a lot of fun. It's funny, but also a powerful uh, declaration of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So invite people to the 18th to our uh, Christmas variety show. You can find all this out on lakeviewpeople.com slash Christmas. You can see all the events there, or uh, in your worship guide, it's got all the dates and things. But... uh, uh, Pastor Mark's uh, photo up there uh, made me, I want to ask the church if you will join me in praying for him and his family because uh, he's not just my partner in ministry but uh, he's my friend and his family's going through a, a hard time. Some of you may already know uh, just if you're on the prayer team or, or have been told but uh, this week he and Dana were already scheduled to be out of town so Pastor Clint's with the team in Vernon today but uh, just they were going to be there because they wanted to be there for the birth of his daughter and son-in-law's first child. Uh, but tragically, there was a complication with the pregnancy. And uh, she gave birth on Tuesday, and the, and the child was not breathing. And uh, they're planning a memorial service for tomorrow. Uh, and it's just heartbreaking. I, I, don't, I don't know how else to say it, but then to say that I love them, and I hate things like this. That happened to people that we love. So can I call on the church? Would you join me in praying right now for comfort and strength uh, for their family? If you'll pray specifically for Ashley and Braden, for this precious young couple. Father, I thank you for your love, even in situations that we hate. And God, there's nothing good about this, but I thank you. Your word says you will work all things together for good to those who love you, not claiming this situation is good. Your word says we are to give thanks in all circumstances, but not for all circumstances. This is a tragic circumstance. And we just lift up Ashley and Braden. We lift up Pastor Mark and Dana, all the family. Just let your supernatural love and peace be with them. And I pray they would be encouraged knowing there's a lot of people that love them and that are praying for them. And we just pray all this over them in the name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen. Amen. Thank you, church, just for your, your heart, your kindness, uh, You know, this morning's message is entitled Intentional Generosity. And I want to be just real up front with you. Uh, There are times in our Christian walk that we have to be intentional in our faith. That we don't feel like praying. Anybody ever felt that way? Can I confess to you as a pastor? There's days I don't feel like reading the Bible. I don't even feel like coming to church. But I'm thankful that Jesus was willing to be our sacrifice, even when he didn't feel like it. Even as he prayed to God, if there's any other way, take this cup from me. So please, we've kind of done a disservice at times. And I don't think it was intentional, but for whatever the reason, we've sometimes misrepresented Christianity. That, Like, if you're a Christian, all your problems just go away. And how many of you can testify that ain't reality? That's not real life. And things in life, things in our finances, life and money can get in the way of our hope. The the tragedies that we face, the heartbreak that we encounter, the enemy will try to use that to discourage us from having hope in Jesus Christ. But I'm thankful that even when life is not good, God is good. 
And, and while pain is real, God is more real. And he can help us if, if we'll reach out to him. And our key uh, scripture in this message series, series is Haggai chapter 1, verses 5 through 7. And it just kind of tells it like it is. It starts off with a command and encouragement from God. It says, now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Because the enemy wants what happens to us in our lives to change the way we think about God and about him being in charge of our lives and trusting him with our lives. So when tragedy comes, it damages our ability to trust. And many of you have experienced deep pain and, and deep loss. And even in, in this holiday time, it's hard because we miss people and, and we're going through difficulties. So it, it just talks about real life next. It says things that we could all relate to. It says, you've planted much, but harvested little. That means we're trying really hard, but life is still really hard. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are never warm. You earn wages, only to put them in a purse with holes in it. Any of y'all own those purses, or am I the only one? Uh, and then God reiterates what he said at the beginning. He says, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Your thought life is so important. And at this time of year, you know, we want to have... Uh, happy thoughts. Nobody likes to feel sad or down at the holidays, but the reality is a lot of people do. And so I want to talk about this season. It says in your notes, tis the season. And that's a lot of people. They're like, this is supposed to be a joyful time of, of gift giving and family sharing. And most importantly, lifting up Jesus Christ. The best thing about Christmas is the first part of that word. It's Christ the Lord and what he's done for us. But even in this season, there can be hurt and, and heaviness that just the strain and stress of life is still really tough. And I want to do my best to call on the church to not let whatever you're going through in this season of life change what God wants to do through your life. Because right? even the season we live in, prophetically speaking, I believe we're in a very important time in Bible prophecy where, look, I'm just going to tell you the truth. The Bible says it's going to get worse before it gets better. But that God's not going to forsake his people, no matter what happens around us. We know what's changed in our hearts. So the Apostle Paul actually wrote a letter to a young pastor. It's recorded in First and Second Timothy. And he was speaking to this pastor of how to speak to the people of God. And I believe it's a, a charge, a challenge for all pastors to speak to the body of Christ this way. And it's not always easy because today's message is actually easy to preach but hard to necessarily live out because these truths are very clear in the Bible but they're hard sometimes to live in our life. And if you will look with me at 1 Timothy, I just want to read the first part of this verse here. It says, Command those who are rich in this present world. And many of us may be like, okay, I can check out from here. Because I sure ain't rich. Or at least we don't think we are. Remember again, it's about what you think. Give careful thought to your ways and the way you live your life. Because some of us think we are poor when we don't realize all the ways that God has blessed us. And y'all, we live in the greatest nation in the world. And dare say it, we live in the greatest state in the greatest nation in the world. Take that, Oklahoma. It's just the truth. I just love Texas, and I love the United States of America. Look, I know it's not perfect, but it's still the best place in the, in the world. There wouldn't be so many people trying to get here. But even with all that said, 
we still uh, have hard times and tough times. And he says that those command those that are rich in this present world. Did you know in the United States, our poverty line, what qualifies you as being below the poverty line, you're still considered the wealthiest 1% of the entire world. 99% of the world's population falls below what is our poverty line. So even our poor are rich compared to most of the rest of the world. But we, we, you know, if we don't have the latest and greatest phone or the biggest TV or the best whatever, we will discount the blessings of God. We've been so blessed for so long, it's hard for, for some of this younger generation to comprehend and appreciate how blessed we really are. And so that's why I come today with this command that may seem strange, it may seem hard to receive, to command those who are rich in this present world. Let, look at these next two verses in your notes that talk about this richness we have in God. 2 Corinthians 8, 9 says, You know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty he could make you rich. Please don't get it twisted God is rich. We say we want to be like Jesus. Right here it says Jesus is rich. There's nothing wrong with money or having money. But there's something wrong with letting money have you. Amen? And we need to learn the difference. Because the, the pendulum has swung so far in different directions. Some people make it all gross. And even in the church world, I'm not trying to preach some just prosperity thing. It's, it's not just about that. I believe we should be prosperous. And I pray for you to be prosperous. But it, the question is why? Why does God want to bless us? And too many people say, well, I just want God to give me money so I can have money. And that's not what it's about. But then it swings real far the other way. And instead of the prosperity message, we get the pitiful message. That there's something wrong with being blessed. That's ridiculous. How are we going to help anybody else if we can't help ourselves? And the Bible says God wants his people blessed so that we can be a blessing to other people. And, and Jesus, even that example, he was rich, and, and, but he made himself to be poor. He, he gave of himself so he could make others rich. And in 2 Corinthians 9-11, it says it this way. Paul said this, that you will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. I believe this is the picture that God wants for the church because the Bible says it dozens and dozens of times in different ways. He wants his people to be successful and wealthy and prosperous, not just in money, but in our marriages, with our kids, in our jobs. He wants us, the church should represent Jesus well wherever we go. So we need to get rid of the just gross prosperity part that doesn't include being generous, and we need to get rid of that pitiful part that doesn't include the power of God. We want to have the balance that can only come through Jesus Christ. And here's, if you will, write this down with me. This is your first blank. It's the truth. God blesses me with more than I need so that I can be a blessing. I want you to realize this. God will bless us if we're really following him. The Bible says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or God's seed begging for bread. And I trust the word of God. Now, if we're not following him, that's on us, not on him. But God always keeps his promises, and he'll bless us with more than we need so that we can bless others. I pray this over you. I pray this over our church family. I want you to be blessed because you know what? I trust you people. There are folks in here. Y'all are some of the most generous people I've ever known. And I'm so proud of our church and your heart for others because I tell you, the problem's not being rich. The problem is what happens once you get rich is what, what are you going to do with it? Because in the United States, and actually even in the church in America, the more people make, 
the less they give by percentage. And the percentage is staggering. That the more You would think the more we have, the more we would be able to do. And that's why we try so hard to be guarded with, with the way that we do things and the way that we spend finances here because I don't want us uh, to be blessed and just keep it all to ourselves. We're blessed to be a conduit for it to flow out of us, to be an example of Christ. So the Bible says, let's look back at that 1 Timothy 6. I want to, to, to finish that out. It says, command those who are rich in this present world to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. And I need you to hear this message today because I'm warning you. The Bible warns us it's going to get worse before it gets better. And I think you can see Bible prophecy just unfolding before our eyes. And part of what the Bible warns is that in the last days, it says that the price of grain and barley is going to get so impossible. Some people, they're going to have to spend their entire day's wage just to have enough bread to eat. That's what the Bible says is going to happen before Jesus returns. And we're seeing that. Anybody notice the economy just going haywire? The price of gas, the price of groceries, everything seems to be going up except for wages. That's a problem. I'm no economist, but that don't make sense. That's not sustainable long term. So we need to trust to the, the only one who can sustain us, our Heavenly Father, whose economy is not influenced by the economy of this world. His ability to provide for His people is not based on any law that Washington or the United Nations could pass. He has the final say. And so we need to trust Him and learn to do what he said to do, no matter what the enemy is trying to do. And some ministries, again, they mean well. I'm not trying to pick on anybody because I've been guilty of this. So with no judgment do I share this. But I need you to understand, when it comes to being generous, not all things that we give to are, are created equal. Not all charities, not all churches are the same. We have a very open door policy here. Any member can see what we give. I'm very proud of, of how careful we try to be with our finances and, and, and the, the, the things that we invest in, in, in the kingdom's you know, work. And I'm also very proud, you may have noticed, we try to be pretty low-key with the way that we give. I actually got in trouble from a pastor not too long ago. I was at a state meeting with a bunch of other pastors, and I'm always nervous there, y'all. I don't always fit in with other pastors. I wear sweaters like this, Okay. They've got three-piece suits on. I'm just sitting, just trying to fit in, you know. Try, yes, sir. Yes, brother. Hallelujah. You know, like whatever, trying to talk like They talk so cool. I got my little squeaky voice, you know. Yeah. <laughs> glad, glad to be here. But one, one guy actually said, he actually told me this. He said, he said you know, I watched y'all's service the other day. Great, great service. But there was one thing that concerned me. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of worried. I'm like, did I say something you know, that went against the Bible. You know, I've made mistakes. Did I say something scripturally inaccurate? Did we do something, you know, against what God would want us to do? And he said, you know what? You just took the offering like that. He seemed genuinely concerned. He was like, I'm, I'm just concerned for your church. Can I, can I just tell you how proud I am of you? We don't have to talk about money a lot for you to be generous a lot. And I'm glad we don't have to sit up here and beg that we can just take care of business. And y'all, I'm not good at it, okay? Some churches are real good about being on Instagram and be like, look at me doing all this good stuff. Sometimes we just do it and don't tell anybody about it. Because honestly, it's supposed to be for God, right? But can I tell you, because of your generosity in this season, 
We've been able to help a lot of foster families that just got new placement of kids. We've been able to feed a lot of people that were, were hungry and starving, clothe a lot of people that needed help. And we hadn't had to come up here and, and ask for a big offering. Every time I, I checked, I actually have gotten some phone calls, urgent needs in the last few months. Every time someone has called out and reached out, and we haven't had the, the finances budgeted for it. You know, we st- try to stick to our budget. We haven't had it. I've reached out to some people, and every time y'all have responded with more than we needed. So I try to call people back and be like, no, that need has already been met. And they're like, well, just keep it and, and bless somebody else with it. God bless you, church. I'm proud to be a part of a body of Christ that operates that way. And we try to, to, be, to be wise and, 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 and work within our budget. We try to plan our next year's budget based on 90% of what came in the year before. So we're not overspending and, and wasting stuff. Okay, we try to, to do that. And so I want you to see when we talk about things, we do it a little different. And I'm okay with it and I'm proud of it. I don't get up here. You'll never, see, you'll never hear us do a capital campaign begging you for money. Never going to send out envelopes to your house and ask you to fill this out, that or the other. We just share vision with you. And ask for God to speak to your heart about what he wants you to give. And so I want to share just five quick things with you that for this season would be an opportunity for you to be involved in what God is doing. Again, no pressure, but listen to the heart of God. Listen to the voice of God if he speaks to you. First of all, I want to share with you about our legacy offering. And again, we don't make a huge deal out of it, but every year, actually statistically, they say that churches and nonprofits the months of November and December can be the hardest months on them because, you know, people are trying to do Christmas and travel and take care of their families, so there's less to give. And, and even, I believe a lot of people want to give, they're just strapped, it's just hard. And, and, and that's just honest. It's not that you don't want to give, you just may not have extra right now. And that's why I pray for you to be blessed. But y'all, because of your generosity, in the month of December, we, we have a legacy offering. And every year we just challenge you. It's, it's the first Sunday of December. But we just kind of treat the whole month of December as, as giving unto the Lord. And again, because we try to live well within our means, it helps us to, to budget for the, the year ahead. And, and I want to just tell you that oftentimes, pretty much every year since I've been here, y'all have been the most generous in the months of November and December. And you ain't too shabby the rest of the year either. Y'all, that's unnatural. That's trusting God. And that's why God has been blessing our church even during the, the tough times that we're living in. is because of people not losing their faith in God just because the world's losing its mind. And so I invite you just to participate at whatever level. I'm not saying everybody give this amount. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. And what you give is going to help us do more things for our community, more things uh, for world missions, and and just what God calls us to do. And and I get compliments. One of those same pastors' conferences, people came up and they were like, how is a church in a town of 6,000 people having the impact that you're having? And I tell you, it's because of God's people having open, generous hearts and listening to God's voice. And so you're not going to hear me talk to you a whole lot about it. I'm going to let God talk to you about it because I think you trust him and you listen to him. One of the things that we're believing for and we're seeing God already open doors because of your generosity is we want to launch what we're calling life buildings. That's the next thing I want to talk to you about. These life buildings are just going to be community centers where the church is going to be the church more than just on a Sunday or a Wednesday. We just want to get involved in people's lives. If they need food, we want to figure out how to get them food. If they need clothing, we're going to figure out how to do that. If they need prayer, we're going to be there for them. And there's a lot of good ministries that are doing some things, but we just we want to be more consistent to be available to our community. And y'all pray with me because God just, even in the last week or so, I got to visit a possible location to launch our first life building right here in Iowa Park. I'm believing that to get launched at the start of the new year. 
and, and just get this going. And people are already volunteering to sign up and to be involved in this. And I'm going to show you how you can be involved more if you want to be and feel called to be. But, y'all, here's the thing. Life, to us, we, we have that acronym. It stands for living in faith every day. And how many of y'all know people need the church more than just Sunday and Wednesday? So we want to be ready and available. And again, times are getting more and more difficult. The world is growing more and more dark. But that means the light of the body of Christ can shine brighter and brighter if we'll step up to the opportunity and take the responsibility before us. So, so get ready, and I hope you'll, you'll pray with us about that and, and be supportive of that. The next thing is really simple and really doesn't cost you a thing. It's what we call the ripple effect. We got these little cards. We do this all year, but especially around the holidays, sometimes you'll be more mindful of it, and we want to ramp it up a little bit. It's just on the front. These cards say, uh, it's 1 John 4, 19. It says, we love because he first loved us. And I just want to challenge you, church. Just do something kind for somebody with nothing in return. What I love to do is do something for somebody, and they can't even thank me. I'll maybe pay for the food for the car behind me in the drive through line or buy somebody's coffee, or I'll, I'll, I'll help somebody with their groceries. You just you know, get them into their vehicle at the store. Whatever that God lays on your heart to do, just be intentional about it. Start looking for opportunities. We put one of these in all your worship guides, or there's more of them out on the tables, and just do this deed. And here's the thing. Somebody actually called the church one time because they'd gotten one of these, on the back, it has a website that directs them to our prayer page where they can submit a prayer request. And the guy at first said, he said, you know what? I was mad when I got this because churches are always handing out things trying to trick people into giving money. So I figured your website was going to take me to a page to give money. And instead, it gave me an opportunity to request prayer. And he said, I really needed it right then. And I've been burned by some churches, and this blessed me. Not even from here. He was just passing by, and somebody blessed that guy. Y'all, that's that ripple effect. Because of what Jesus has done for us, let it shine through our life. Because of what happened in our life, let's affect and impact other people's lives. Will you take one of these with you? And I challenge you this week, just take that opportunity. It can be something for free, just showing the love of Jesus to somebody. And this is all part of us trying to be more intentional. That's your next blank there. We're trying to, the, the year ahead, be more intentional with our outreach. And there's a website on the screen, and, and if, if you need it online, it's lakeviewpeople.com slash outreach. It's our outreach page. For the next month, all the month of December, we've just got a simple survey. You can click different boxes if you're interested in any of these areas of outreach that we feel God has called us to do in the year ahead. Uh, maybe like caring for the elderly, caring for schools and teachers and kids, uh, reaching out to first responders and police officers, uh, reaching out to those that might be homeless in our community or need food, need clothes. Uh, and there's also a place for other where you can submit your thoughts and your ideas, a place for comments and questions. Because we want to hear from the body of Christ. We want to mobilize you for what God has called you to do. So will you please take time someday this week or this month, fill out that survey. Let us know where you're interested in. You're, you're not, you know, don't feel like you've committed yourself. Uh, just you're showing interest. We want to know who we can maybe reach out to to mobilize for ministry and to be able to do more than we've ever done. There's more need in our communities than ever before. So that our communities need the body of Christ to step up. And we're believing God to help us do that. And finally, this is just a real practical, simple thing that you could be involved in helping us do. It's our, I told you about it already, it's our Christmas at Lakeview. Because this season, they say, is people are more likely to go to church in the month of December than any other month. You know, Easter is the biggest Sunday of the year, but December is, is the, the most uh, opportunity month-wise for people. So as we close out November, 
uh, take advantage of this opportunity. People who wouldn't normally go to church will be here. And I give you this guarantee, every week we're going to give people opportunity to know Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord. And every year we see a great harvest reached. We're going to be adding some different services. Christmas falls on a Sunday. We're going to have church on Christmas Day. We're even going to have church on Christmas Eve night to give people as many chances as possible to hear the gospel. And we can only do that. Can I, can I confess to you? It'd be a lot easier for our teams just to take the day off. And to be like, we're just celebrating Christmas with our families. But we believe God has given us a unique opportunity to reach people. And what better chance to, to celebrate Jesus coming to this world than to reaching out to our community and those in the world around us. So take advantage. Invite somebody to Christmas Sweater Sunday or our variety show. It's going to be a great production. Or to one of our Christmas Eve or Christmas Day services. And uh, we're just believing for God to, to see souls saved and lives changed as we step up and do our part to be intentional to invite. And so... Let me just close this message with sharing you a few final thoughts about intentional generosity. Those are just some opportunities. Just laying those out there so you've got chance to be involved in what God is doing in this season. But it's going to take us being intentional. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, I think it's one of the most practical and clear examples of what it means to be generous and giving and the purpose behind it. It says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. This is simple enough. If, if you're very giving, you can expect to see a great harvest. And if, if, if you're not, don't be shocked. You know, when you don't have much return, if you didn't invest much, if you didn't sow much. But it goes on to say something that I really want the church to hear. It says, each of you should give what you have decided, not what somebody on a TV screen or a stage has decided you should give. Each of you give what you have decided. And I want to ask you to either underline or maybe circle that word decided in your notes. What you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. I believe this with all my heart. That's why we present giving in this way. Because the Bible says God loves a cheerful giver, not a fearful giver. Not someone who's just feeling guilty and that's why they're giving. You know, I don't need to stick up a, a photo of a sad puppy dog to talk you into giving. And I'm glad for that. And look, when it says like not under compulsion, there are urgent needs at times. But when you already have positioned yourself and you've made a commitment to God to say, God, when there's a need, I'm ready and available. You're not, you're not just you know, giving out of desperation, but out of expectation that needs will arise. Our church tries to budget that way. We, we you know, reserve some funds just to help people in crisis. Because how many of you know crisis is going to happen? We can either be ready for it or not ready when it happens. And so God loves someone who gives cheerfully, not reluctantly, not under pressure, not under compulsion. And so it says that you need to give what you have decided in your heart, but it begs the question, how do I decide? That's your next blank there. How do I decide? Let's talk about that question for just a few minutes before we pray together. Three questions I want to submit to you because, again, I'm glad you're generous. I'm really glad I'm very proud of, of our church family. Um, and you know what? We're trying our best to, to be that example in Vernon. And it's, it's speaking to people more than a hundred sermons ever could. People, that they're, they're coming to the church just because word of mouth, just kindness and generosity. The body of Christ, 
imagine that, acting like Jesus wants us to act. We're not perfect. We don't always get it right, but we're always striving to be more and more like him. So how do you do that in your life? How do I decide, like, God, what are you asking me to give? What are you challenging me to do? Three questions, because I, I, while you're generous and I'm proud of you, I want to be protective of you, and I don't want you to be misled or, or deceived by just people seeing our generosity and trying to manipulate that. So three questions I, I would tell my kids and I tell my church family. Number one is the relationship question, and that question is, who will I commit to relationally? Because you know what? If you're going to invest in a ministry, you want to know who you're investing in. Just because you're generous to invest doesn't mean there's anything wrong with doing some investigation. Come on, somebody. And we try to do that. We're very strategic about who we partner in ministry with. Because I, I will stand before God someday for how we stewarded the monies of this church. And so we, we, we take that very seriously, who we commit to. Honestly, I probably could have replaced the, those two words, commit to, with who will I be in covenant with. Because it's that deep of a, an agreement. You're saying, we're, we're being involved in ministry. I'm trusting you with what God has entrusted to me. And so uh, the Bible says it this way about like, you know, what church am I going to invest in? What ministry will I partner with? Look at Psalm chapter 92, verse 13. It says, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. And I know it's Old Testament, but the principle applies to the place of worship that we're planted in. Because there, there's a bad, there's a bad uh, practice of some people. It's called church hopping. Anybody ever heard of that? Where just every time something goes wrong, well, I'm just going to go somewhere else. Look, as soon as you find the perfect church, please tell me about it. I'll go there with you. It don't exist. And can I tell you, if everybody just church hops, eventually there ain't going to be no churches left for those hoppers to land on. Because we're not invested. Imagine if we treated our marriages that way. I'm just going to go get me a girlfriend. I'm going to go try this one out. I, made, I know I made a commitment to you, but I'm going to go test this lady out. See how long that lasts. You wouldn't be calling me for counseling. You'd be calling me to preach a funeral. Come on, everybody. But when you get planted, and look, it may not be Lakeview. This may not be the church for you, and I'm okay with that. We're part of the body of Christ. I want you to be where God has called you to be. Look, and, and we're not the church for everybody. We understand that. But, but we, we take our responsibility seriously of like, look, we're committed where God calls us. So we need to be somewhere and be involved and be invested and, and, and really get to be a part of what God is doing for the kingdom's sake. And so that relationship question is important. Don't just be flippant about who you support. There's nothing wrong with TV and internet ministries. But look, if you don't really know where that money's going, you don't know where that money's going. And it's okay to ask some questions. Number two, the, thing I want, the question I hope that you'll ask is the difference question. And, and specifically, will it make an eternal difference? Because what does it matter if we're just doing a bunch of good deeds if it's not making a difference for eternity's sake? We're just a social club. You know what I mean? We're just, we're just a group of people who like to get together and hear some weird guy in a sweater talk once a week. What is that really? I mean, we need to be doing something that matters for the kingdom of God, that, that souls are at stake, y'all. Let's, let's realize that and, and let the urgency inform our decisions. That's why we want to make sure who we're investing in, but also is what we're giving making a difference 
1 Corinthians 3, 12 through 15 says it this way. It says, If any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw. Think of it this way. If all we do is use what God has given us to, you know, just buy houses, buy cars. That's, none of that's bad. But if that's all we do, it says our work will be shown for what it is. At the end of the day, because the day, that's capitalized, on Judgment Day, there's a day coming where it will bring everything into light and it will be revealed with fire, the Bible says. And the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If what he has built survives, he will receive a reward. And this is not our salvation issue, okay? Salvation is only because of the goodness and grace of Jesus Christ. He paid it all for our salvation. But the Bible does speak of eternal rewards that we should strive for, we should want. Y'all know me. I'm all about all the free stuff. That bread at Olive Garden calls my name. Hallelujah. And so if there's free stuff in heaven, free reward, let's get involved in it. Let's get invested. Because this stuff down here is temporary. It doesn't matter for eternity. It won't last forever. But let's invest in things that make a difference for, for the gospel's sake. And so... These first two I've tried to go through quickly because I've been ready to get to this last question. I want you to ask the relationship question and the difference question, but I also want you to ask the God question. And this is where it's personal, and I can't do this for you. I'm trying to share as much biblical truth as I can, but here the Holy Spirit has to speak to you, and I need you to hear this. You can hear God just as much as I can. He's your heavenly Father just as much as he is mine. And you have access to the word of God, which will give you instruction, correction, direction, whatever you need. You can read it just as, as well as I can. And the Holy Spirit's the one that has to help us understand it. You better be kidding yourself if you think I read the book, book of Ezekiel and have any idea what's going on half the time. I've got to really study and pray and look at it in context and, and, and ask the Holy Spirit for help. We all need God's help to understand his word. And we all need God's help to understand what he's speaking to our hearts to but I know God is speaking to you because he loves you. And he also loves people that you have influence with. There are people that you could reach that I may never get opportunity. or they're, they're not really trying to hear what I have to say anyway. But through your life, through your testimony, even through your pain, you'll be able to relate to them different than anyone else. Because there's been nobody else in history that has had your exact giftings, your exact experiences, or your exact pain. That's unique to you, and God wants to use that to make a difference in people's lives and make a difference for eternity. So is God speaking to you today? That's the question. Here's the truth, church. God may ask us to do something that we don't want to do. That's why we're talking about being intentional. Sometimes pastors, and I'm, I'm one of them that does this, we're better at being inspiring than being instructing. We give a lot, you know, we, we're good at getting people fired up. And it's like, woo, we want to do something for God, but we have no idea what to do. <laughs> you know, and, and I, I'm, I'm confessing to you that, that I'm trying to learn beyond that. Of, of what does it really mean to equip saints for ministry? Because we really haven't been good at that. We've just always wanted people to come to church. Just come to our church. Y'all, I'm ready for the church to go into all the world 
and reach the lost. Seek and save that which is lost because time is short and Jesus is coming again. So I know God is speaking to you because he wants as many people being involved in reaching as many people as possible for the gospel's sake. Jesus didn't give his life just for us. He said, freely you have received, now freely give. And we love because he first loved us. Can I tell you something? I don't love people just because I like them. Because I love a lot of people that I don't even really like. And I'm thankful. When I think about what God knows about me that y'all don't know, and he still loves me, I'm very grateful. And you should be too. So God is talking to you today. Will we listen is the answer. And what he asks of you, what he asks you to do, I can't tell you. I don't know. I don't know everything. But I know the one who does. Your heavenly father will speak to you. The Holy Spirit will will draw your heart if you'll let him. And as he speaks, can I challenge you? Don't do what I've done before. Don't say, well, I believe God knows everything. And then not trust that God knows what's best. I need you to hear that. We shouldn't say we believe God knows everything if we don't believe that God knows best. That means even if he calls us to do something that's hard or uncomfortable or difficult, we'll trust his leading. We'll listen to his voice. Jesus said it this way in Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 and 36. It says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, and he did the stuff that we do. He was teaching in their synagogues. He was preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. All these are great things. And we try to do this as the church. And you know, we try to preach a clear message of the gospel and, and do good things for people and share the good news. But he was drawn to do even more. It says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. And I need you to remember that the Bible says Jesus didn't go to the cross because he felt like it. He didn't go to the cross because people had treated him well. In fact, he went to the cross when they'd sold him out, when they'd spit in his face, when they traded him in for a murderer, Barabbas. He still went to the cross. He said, for the joy set before him, that joy was us, people that would choose salvation. So we do things because we have compassion for people. We we have to say, Jesus, help us to love people the way you do because I don't even like them all the time. But if we'll love like Jesus loves, we'll do things that the enemy can't stop. The body of Christ, if we really are doing things God has called us to do, don't you believe God will protect us? Don't you believe God will provide for us? And let's not let what the devil's trying to do stop the church from doing what we're called to do. Amen. And as the world grows darker, again I declare to you, let the light of Jesus Christ within our hearts shine brighter than ever before. Let us show them there is hope. No matter what's happening in your life, no matter what money problems, marriage problems, whatever problems we have, there is hope. But it's only in Jesus Christ. But he is all that we need. So I I leave this message in your hands with one final question that only you can ask, which is, Lord What would you have me do? If he's the Lord of your life, you'll listen to what he wants you to do with your life. Lord, and I I wrote it down for you, but only you can really say this. What would you have me do? 
I'm believing that as you ask of that, as you are still and just listen and, and watch for his direction, one way I pray is, God, just open the doors that need to open and close the doors that need to close. I'll just follow you. And if that door closes, I'll know that wasn't the right direction. I'll go, I'll go the, whatever way you lead. And I just trust him along the process and along the way. But I want to pray with you. First of all, if, if you need to make the first step or a, a very important next step in your relationship with God, look, God wants you saved. He wants you healed. He wants you set free so that you can testify, so you can help others around you. That's why, again, I want to ask you. I'm asking you. Not begging, but I'm getting real close. Come out to the Freedom Conference this weekend. Bring somebody with you who needs freedom in Jesus Christ. Invite somebody. I wish this place would be full with people just saying, I don't know where else to turn to but Jesus. And I promise you, he won't disappoint us if we'll turn to him. But right now today, if you need to turn your life over to him in a new way or a brand new way, I want to give you opportunity before we take communion together to come into right relationship with Jesus. Would everybody bow your heads with me for just a moment and if there's anyone under the sound of my voice this is between you and God but I just would like to pray for you where you're at and you say you know what I feel like my relationship with God it's either not there at all or it's just not there where it needs to be and I want God to use my life so I want to give my life to him fully and completely I want to make a decision I'm deciding today in my heart to give everything for the cause of Christ if that's you and you want to make that decision would you raise your hand real quickly where you're at I'd like to pray over you yes sir yes sir yes ma'am yes sir God bless y'all anybody yes ma'am God bless you for your boldness yes sir yes ma'am lots of us God bless you y'all put your hands down anybody else real quick thank you God bless y'all man I'm proud of you and even more so your Heavenly Father is he sees your heart more than I saw your hand and church can we just pray with these taking that big step to say God I'm going all in whether you need to commit your life to him for the first time or just recommit it. You've just gotten off the path a bit. He's right there with open arms saying, I'm ready to love you. I'm ready to set you free and set you on the right path. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray with these that have acknowledged their need for you. God, we confess that we have all sinned against you. We've all failed you. We've all heard you ask us to do something and rejected it and said, no, I'm going to do what I want to do instead. So God, we ask for your forgiveness right now. And I thank you for your word in 1 John 1, 9 that says, if we confess our sins, it's a promise. If we'll do that, you are faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So right now, I rebuke every lie of the enemy that says anything you've ever done or could ever do could be impossible for God to wash clean. Right now, by faith in Jesus Christ, we receive your grace. Our trust is in your cleansing blood that you shed for our salvation. It's not in our works or our deeds or any church or religion, but in Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. And by standing on your word, your word says if we believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead for our salvation and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. And you save us to live a life for you. So right now we declare Jesus is Lord and trust you in our heart. And we believe for salvation in the name of Jesus. And all God's people said, man, would somebody rejoice with those and for those that made this awesome decision. God bless you all over this room. And those watching online too, God bless you for that decision. Could I ask you to do me a favor? If you made a decision, would you let me know on a connection card? I'd just like to pray over you this week. Because look, God loves you, but the enemy hates what you're going to try to do. 
and he's going to try to, to fight against you. Don't give up hope. Trust. Have faith in Jesus. No matter what the enemy does, he can't stop you from doing what God's called you to do. He's just going to try to trip you up along the way. And I'd love to pray over you and be in agreement with you for God to just be with you every step of the way. At this time, I want us to just get our hearts ready to do something so sacred and so important, which is to participate in taking communion together in the name of Jesus. It's a command of God's word. And so I want you to know if you're a guest this morning, you're welcome to participate. You don't have to be a member of Lakeview to take communion with us, but the Bible says you do need to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And so we're, we're going to just take a moment to reflect on who God is and his faithfulness to us and what Jesus has done for us. So I'm going to ask you if you will stand with me all over this place. And I've asked Victoria just to lead us in this chorus once again that declares that all of our life may not have been good, but God is good. And can we sing this out? Would you lift this up to God and just open your heart for the Lord to speak to you in this moment as we prepare our hearts to take communion together? Would you sing it out? All our life. And all my life you have been faithful. Yes, God. All my life you have been so so Sing it out to him again all of our life. my hope and that's my prayer church is that people would see that we actually believe what we say we believe life doesn't have to be going good for us to declare the goodness of God that we would be a testimony of what Jesus has done overrides it overwhelms anything the devil could do so as we take communion together I'll go ahead and forewarn you some of these were packaged making sure you don't open it till Christmas so if you want to go ahead and get it get it ready because this is a special time and I don't want you to be distracted with the packaging but the Apostle Paul gave very clear instruction and I'm gonna read that to you while you get your communion elements ready in 1st Corinthians chapter 11 he gave this instruction to the body of Christ and I present it to you today he said anyone who eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord unworthily is guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord that is why you should examine yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup. For if you eat the bread or drink the cup without honoring the body of Christ, you are eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourself. And I think we need to do this more and more. We need to tell people the full gospel and tell them the end from the beginning. Jesus never promised life was going to be easy. So don't sign up just thinking, now all my problems go away. Sign up saying, Jesus, I'm going to trust you all the way. No matter what problems arise, you're Lord, and I trust you. So right now, 
We need to examine our hearts. We don't want to take lightly what we're doing, committing to being in communion with the Lord. So would you just examine your heart? God, speak to us. Holy Spirit, put your finger on any area in my life that is out of line with your will. Cover it by the blood of Jesus. We repent of it. We turn away. We don't want that. We want your way. And right now, thank you because of your sacrifice, Jesus. We're made in right standing. We are the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. And all that believe and receive that said, amen, amen. At this time, if you would take the bread and listen to the words that Paul gave his instruction. He said, for I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Would you join me in giving thanks? Jesus, thank you for your body that was broken in my place. Those stripes, it should have been me, but you took it for us and we are so grateful and we do this in reverence and in memory of you. Would you take the bread with me at this time? Thank you, Jesus. The next verse says, in the same way, he took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. And I'm embarrassed to say there's a lot of times in my life I forget about how good God is when when life's hard. And right now, let's do this to remember that Jesus shed his blood for us. Thank you, Jesus for your precious blood that washes us clean and puts us in good standing with you, Heavenly Father. We thank you. We do this to honor and remember your sacrifice. In Jesus' name, would you take the cup with me at this time? In the same way, every time you do this, you eat the bread and drink this cup, you're announcing the Lord's death until he comes again and that may seem confusing why are we announcing his death you know what I think it's something very important and powerful that we let people know there's a God that loves him so much he gave his life for them before we even would would turn to him the Bible says while we were yet sinners Jesus went to the cross for us but I'm glad that Jesus while we celebrate his birth in this season he didn't stay in that manger and he didn't stay in that tomb either He's not dead anymore. He's not a baby anymore. He is seated at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. And that's the God we serve. And he'll give us the strength as God speaks to your heart, as he directs your life. Will you follow him trusting he'll give you the strength? I want to ask the prayer team to come before we dismiss from this moment. And if you need prayer for anything, please don't leave this room. This is a hard time for a lot of people. But it's even more difficult if we do this on our own. So if you'll come, I'd be honored to pray with you. The prayer team would be grateful to get to just join around and, and lift up one another in prayer. So if you have a prayer need, you can write them down, put them in the, in, the, in the offering boxes, or bring them to us. And we'd love to be in agreement with you in prayer right here today. Let me pray dismissal. And if you have a prayer need at all, move at any time. You're not going to bother me or interrupt me. And let's let God do a work in our hearts and lives and then do a work through us in this world. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray over your people, my family in the Lord. God, I hurt when they hurt. And so I pray for every need represented in this place. Meet those needs according to your riches and glory. But God, I pray you would give us more than we need so that we could be a blessing to other people and be a light 
for the gospel of Jesus Christ. We give our lives to you. We declare you our Savior and our Lord. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. One more time, would you give Jesus praise for all he's done and what he's going to use us to do. Go with God, church. They're going to sing us out, but you're dismissed at this time. If you need prayer, we'll hang around as long as you need. God bless you, church. Go with God.